welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by two members of the collective, Donnie D.P. Peters and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. We, at least I, sleep on a bed of lies. We told you we were going to go weekly twice now, and we did not fully commit, but now is the time. Football begins tonight, at least fake football, and we will be in your ears weekly until Donnie's Patriots inevitably win another Super Bowl. That is a promise that I'm going to try to keep. Look, the summer was hectic. The World Series is nuts. These guys can attest. DP, Mo. Mo, you're back in Omaha. DP is still in the desert. That's where he resides now. Mo, how good is it to breathe air that is not the desert? Oh, man. It was so wonderful. Got got a little, little mini vacation there. Breathe some mountain air. Hit up Denver. Hit up Yellowstone. It was it was good. The desert, they, yeah, I don't know. Everyone tells me, come back in the winter. You'll love it. It's, it's, I've never been there in the winter. I'm always there like um, in the summer and then occasionally in the spring and fall. So I don't know. Uh, you don't even know what winter is, so I don't even know why I'm trying to explain this to you. <laughs> I, I had winters growing up in the great garden state of New Jersey, and I've been back to Vegas in the winter for well, a couple festivities, five diamond a couple times, and then... November 9, back when that was a thing. And spoiler alert, it's still dry and miserable. It's just colder. So, yeah, I don't know. Vegas is whatever. DP, get in Haters. Your, I was going to say, get in your defensive stance, slap the floor, spread your arms wide, and defend Sin City. I mean, well, listen, Sin City is amazing. I mean, you, it, weed is legal here now. Gambling is legal. Like, you can drive to the outskirts if you want a prostitute. I mean, everything is just awesome. You can do whatever you want here. That's why it's called Sin City. I actually wish that they would refer to it as Sin City more often than they do. I feel like that's kind of dying. Um, you need to get all these millennials out of here and like all their, you know, club techno stuff. Like just just fire that to the moon. We don't need that here. Um, Vegas is great. But I will say that if if you don't like it year round, there's a I don't think there's a really high chance you're just going to like it in the winter. Like I, I, I don't. I don't believe people that say, "Oh, just come back in the winter." Like, just you just like a place year round. If you don't like it, well, that's that's fine. Um, I think Mo has a better chance of liking some things, but like you said, I mean, it, it's just it's pretty much the same. It's just a little bit colder. And it's not like super cold. I mean, it's not freezing. It does, you know, every once in a while you get that occasional little snowflake that drops from the sky, but that's about it. Um, but overall, I mean, I listen. I love Vegas. I'm totally biased. I love it here. That's why I moved here. I love everything about it. Everything about the gambling, gaming culture. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm locked in for life. Yeah, millennials are the worst. I was reading some, a Yale study from last year. I, I don't want to quote incorrect numbers, but that millennials are gambling or are less interested in gambling by a pretty measurable rate compared, to, especially compared to the baby boomer generation. And then um, I think it's like Gen X and Gen Y that are. Yeah, so we can just rip on millennials here because they're not listening because they don't gamble. That's right. F out of here, millennials. Uh, if you missed our last podcast, podcast English, uh, go back, check it out. We did a little AFC preview. We're going to do the same today, but for the neighboring conference, the NFC. And August is really a time where things start to take shape. Uh, we're going to see some camp cuts, maybe some vets. 
we'll see some injuries. Unfortunately, we've already seen A.J. Green go down, R.I.P. to all of Donnie's Cincinnati Bengal takes. And this is still a good time for us to kind of eyeball the future market, although, as we discussed pre-call, there's just some, especially when it comes to picking division winners, where there's just little value to be seen. However, I do think from an individual over-under standpoint, there is more value than what we saw during the AFC podcast because the NFC is a bit more wide open. So excited to dig in today. Big want to give a big shout out to uh, the Rotor Grinders family, the SharpSide app, which you can download on both iOS and in the Google Play Store, track all your bets, uh, thank them for supporting us and getting us to some few more people. If you're listening to us to this for the first time if you've not experienced gridiron gamble welcome aboard hope you have fun with us during the 2019 super contest which bringing that up they already eclipsed 1k entries right tp they did uh last week or this week earlier this week i I forget exactly but they're they're like three weeks or a month ahead of pace jesus like well well ahead of pace i mean they open they open signups um i mean some of that could be skewed just because they open signups four months earlier uh, than they ever have. So, you know, you could just see people that were out in Vegas earlier or in the summer that aren't going to then make the trip later on. So it could all balance itself out in the end. Um, I, I Just looking at the rules uh, this throughout this week and seeing the estimated payouts, it, it has, I think, 1.5 something million for first place. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is based on, uh, they're basing it on 3,500 entries. So, um, if they eclipse 3,123, that'll be the ninth consecutive record set in year for the Super Contest. Um, I mean, it's going strong. You get, people can still get in if they want to. Um, I know we've talked about before, we used uh, Vegas Maddie and those guys. We've had Maddie on the show before, uh, the guys over at footballcontest.com for our proxy. So um, if you do want to use a proxy. Also, if you're anywhere in Nevada this year, uh, you can submit picks through the app which is another cool thing that they're doing you do still have to register in person which is a little bit frustrating that you can't do the whole process uh via your mobile phone um, or mobile device but uh you know once you do sign up if you're anywhere within the state you can just press a couple buttons on your phone and submit your picks which is what i will likely be doing for our team um coming up but yeah i mean super fun uh, time i mean i think this thing's going to get 3500 easy if not 4000 just with the way that sports betting has been growing 1.5 1.5 million. That's a lot of Umia. That's a ton. We might be able to buy Umia <laughs> at least for like a year. We yeah, can right? like rent we can it just, out. Yeah. Just try to break even, get our money back, and go on our way. All right. NFC. Let's get to it. Let's do the dirty. And let's keep it positive to start. We're going to look at four specific categories this week uh, teams that we like the over, teams we like the under futures to win the division, and then potentially to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Mo, we'll kick it to you, keeping it positive. Give us a team that you like to go over their win total for 2019. Uh, I just, man, I feel weird doing this. I'm putting on my Donnie Peters narrative hat. Oh, baby. Take us to Narrativeville. Express train, Uh, baby. Green Bay Packers over nine and a half. It's plus money on Pinnacle. Um, I don't know what the line is on Westgate. Someone should Wow, you get plus money? It's even here at Westgate. Throw this at me. Yeah, it's it's Mo sharper. Sharper than the devils. Um man, <clears throat> we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. This guy used to be an automatic 
10 wins every single year. I checked last year. I remember when I was looking at futures for last year. Uh, I think he had one season where he started most of the games that they didn't win 10, 10 games. And then last year happened. Um, uh, he looked a little washed in some spots. But, you know, bringing in the new coach, no more McCarthy. That's the biggest thing. There's a lot of variance that could happen here because we don't know what this offense is going to look like. But um, I think that gives this some upside um, where I think Rodgers, even as bad as everything was last year, I don't think their floor is much lower than this. Um, the division's tough, but some some good non-division looks here playing uh, the NFC East. And then uh, they get the Broncos and the Raiders as well. So those should be some pretty easy Ws, um, especially I think both of those are at home. Uh, Rodgers also has a pretty solid O-line. What I'm mainly worried about here is kind of up front on defense and the weapons on offense. So I'm just hoping like somebody emerges out of these random bodies they have in the receiving core to um, be on the other side with um, Adams. And obviously, like, we know Graham's toast. And I don't know, maybe this Sternberger turns into something. Who knows? Uh, I, I didn't like what they did in the draft, but I did really like what I saw from uh, Jair Alexander last year. I think he looks like he's going to be like a really like a star corner. I mean, he was just so impressive the times I watched him. So um, hoping for a leap from him and a decent showing from a secondary that looks okay from a talent standpoint. I mean, they have used a lot of draft resources the last few years. You talk about the offense uh, finished last year 12th in passing DVOA and third in rushing DVOA. The biggest knock against their rushing attack is that they just they didn't do it enough. They didn't give Aaron Jones the ball enough. And I don't know. I just I I I'm on the same wavelength as you Mo in terms of Roger steps onto the field, he should be an automatic double digit win candidate. And in addition to that, you look at the division, one of the biggest upset candidates for this season has to be the Bears. We've seen it time and time again. Defense, it's so hard to translate elite defense year over year. The Jaguars, the most recent example of that last year, their defense goes down just a modicum from where it was being an elite level defense the previous year, and they really suffer. Saw it with the Jets in the uh, early 2010s. 09-10, they were able to get by with an, an excellent defense in a bad offense, but as soon as that defense starts to take some steps backwards, the whole thing falls apart. So, nine and a half, it's a lot to swallow. Uh, I'll be swallowing something similar coming up, spoiler alert, but yeah, when you've got someone like Rodgers, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to do so. DP, keeping it positive, give us an over-candidate that you like for 19. Uh, so I initially started looking at the Carolina Panthers because their line is seven and a half, but the price is too much to go over there. So I'll avoid it. I kind of like the Seahawks a little bit uh, over eight and a half, but again, minus minus one thirty here. I'm looking at the Westgate line. So minus minus one thirty is a little bit, a uh, little bit too much for me to swallow, but I have to agree with Mo. I love the Packers. Uh, I got over nine here at even at Westgate, um, which is pretty good uh, compared to some of the other books around the city. Um, I mean, listen, 
I, I know Mo brought up uh, secondary wide receivers. You know, they have Devontae Adams, um, but I think MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, and Geronimo Allison are going to be just fine, uh, given another year under their belt, um, working with Rodgers, and then also, like, the injection of a new coach there, you know, just just a whole new, fresh setting in terms of that offense, um, I think is going to really help them. I think things got a bit too stale with Mike McCarthy, and that was obviously – um, a really big tension point between Rodgers and McCarthy, that whole thing. And that's why it, it pretty much blew up. Um, really love Aaron Jones. I think he's going to be able to provide, you know, really good balance uh, when they do need it. I just like what I see out of that kid um, overall. I mean, Jimmy Graham, as Mo mentioned, is toast as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, if, if MVS and Allison pan out uh, even a little bit, you know, and, and they can kind of do that, that New England Patriots style thing where it's like just plug and play, yeah, at wide receiver and just let the quarterback do his thing. I mean, we all know how talented Aaron Rodgers is. And and this is a, you know, prove it year for Aaron Rodgers. He got rid of Mike McCarthy. He's still there. You know, he needs to show that it was the coach and it wasn't Rodgers and he needs to show out. Um, I think this division is wide open. Um, I was looking at the division numbers uh, and we'll talk about those later on, but you know, everyone's plus money here, um, which is interesting. There's no like clear cut favorite, um, at least at the Westgate. So, um, yeah, overall, I really like what the, the Packers are going to return to uh, from an outlook here, um, as long as they can do all right on defense. I mean, we always talk about, uh, you know, we joke about defense doesn't matter. Um, if they can just be all right, a little bit better than average, they don't got to be great. They don't got to be the Bears of last year. Um, then I think Aaron Rodgers and this offense will do the rest. Well, to keep things moving in the direction of taking teams with high totals, I'm going to go back to the well on the Los Angeles Rams. I think there's a bit of recency bias that is affecting the way the public views this team. First, the Super Bowl, where Sean McVay went out and laid a dud against Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. Uh, Couldn't score any points, supposed to have this prolific offense, and looked like an absolute clown show on the world's biggest stage. Couple that with the ambiguity That surrounds Todd Gurley, his knee, the arthritis, whether or not he'll be available. And if you want to add a third part to that, the two darlings of the NFC are in their division. The Arizona Cardinals, who brought in pretty boy Cliff Kingsbury and used the first overall pick on Kyler Murray. And then the Jimmy G train continues to roll somehow in NorCal, uh, despite his injuries and still... I hate to say it, and Mo, I know you don't like this, but the kid still hasn't proven anything. Uh, Last year, we saw the Niners' win total creep up, and I thought I was going to go back to the well this year and say uh, this was going to be the post-hype team. I thought people are going to forget about Jimmy G, and then they hang a win total of eight for uh, a Niners roster that is still depleted of talent. So give me the Rams. I got four games against those aforementioned Niners and Cardinals. Should be a nice cushion. According to Sharp Football, Warren Sharp, uh, the GOAT, the Rams have the seventh easiest schedule in the NFL this year. Their toughest game out of division is the Saints. They play the NFC South, but they get that game at home here in Southern California. And in addition to that, one of their East Coast games 
is at Panthers week one. So it's not like in the throes of the season, they have to make a cross-country trek. They actually get to prepare for that during the preseason, get their bodies ready, and get that 10 a.m. local start out of the way. So that's a nice little uh, added bonus for those Los Angeles Rams. Biggest concern, the loss of Roger Saffold and John Sullivan, but I, I do believe in McVay and that the system will be able to cover up any ailments that that offensive line sees. So give me the over on nine and a half wins for the Rams. If I remember correctly, this was, oh, it's uh, 10 and a half, excuse me. Uh, the over on 10 and a half, and it is positively juiced at plus 122. So give me the over 10 and a half on the Rams. Mo, lay it on me. I know you hate. Yeah, usually it's real tough to get these uh really high overs once it starts getting like past 10 um it's iffy but uh i don't think i agree with you on the niners being that bad i think they're going to be fine although their secondary is absolutely putrid i agree with you that the re- i mean overall this division looks pretty bad um so that is definitely in in their favor um and they're making all of the win now moves, which is obviously good for a bet like this. They are selling future value for present value. Um, I just read the other day Marcus Peters is in a contract year, so maybe good Marcus Peters shows up this year. How many routes is he gonna jump? They have <laughs> they have all the experience. So yeah, Clay Matthews, Eric Weddle, those are the most win now moves you can make. Yeah, like they're really going for it, which, you know, it gives you downside. It gives you a lot of downside, actually, if these guys are um, closer to washed than um, they are to their peaks, I guess. And yeah, like you said, the O-line, I mean, that's really the big question is how are these guys going to gel? I mean, because it's such a position of um, of like continuity, so... Uh, we got to see how this O-line looks, but I do agree with that. If there's any system that can um, kind of mitigate that a little bit and and minimize any damage, it's probably this one. Plus the, the return of Cooper Cup. That's definitely like a free agent signing, getting him back into the mix. He's been a full go from what I understand in training camp, so he's going to be a nice addition to the offense as well. And I'm ju- I'm just not worried about the girly situation. They'll figure it out. Hell, they made CJ Anderson look like an NFL running back. They 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 made CJ Anderson somehow dupe the Detroit Lions into getting another contract. So I think they'll be able to figure it out at the running back position. I'll kick things off with the negative. We'll go serpentine from there. And I'm gonna keep it in the division. Guys, I'm not buying the hype on the Cardinals. Their total is five. I'll take the under. At plus 110. I know Mo has concerns about the quarterback. I actually have less concerns about the quarterback than I do with the coach. Uh, man, nerd community. Good, good read. Nerd community, analytics community, is can't help but spill them all over themselves thinking about this team running you know, 90 offensive plays a game. Uh, Kyler Murray throwing the ball downfield to streaking Christian Kirk and all these weapons that were picked up in the offseason. But 
what's this defense going to do? <laughs> and how is this offensive line going to hold up for 90 offensive plays? I know they're, they're actually, like the Rams, uh, their health was a big issue last year. So getting back their offensive line to a healthy state is almost like signing some free agents. But this is a defense that's going to be without Patrick Peterson due to suspension. We saw Trey Boston, uh, who was unsigned, signed with the Panthers yesterday, uh, depleted of talent. I I don't know how they're going to stop a nosebleed. And just from a a 50,000-foot view, I just can't get aboard this Cliff Kingsbury train where he couldn't win with eight against 18 year olds with Baker and Mahomes. And now he's supposed to go to the NFL, implement the same system and beat professional football teams. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't get on board with the thinking. Will it be fun? Yes. Will I hope it's fun? Yes. But I don't know, guys. Cardinals 23rd toughest schedule, uh, or the opposite, 23rd easiest, uh, according to Sharp Football. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't love it. Don't love the Cardinals, so I will be fading them. And it's uh, it's pretty much like stacking the Rams here, uh, looking for that two-game sweep, which would go a long way to getting the Cardinals to five wins. Mo, you're not a fan of Kingsbury. <laughs> Kingsbury is a disaster <laughs> that's what's funny is like yeah i mean i'm iffy on murray but i could still see him obviously succeeding i mean he did some amazing things in college i wouldn't have used the number one pick on him personally but um it wouldn't be like the biggest shock if he succeeded but like a guy who just has not succeeded is kingsbury this dude is trash he was one of our favorite fades in college the last few years I mean, I just don't understand. Like, they just see a coach under 40, I guess, who runs a spread offense, and people just start tugging off, and I don't know. I, I don't really understand because he he never was able to, like you said, he, he couldn't win in the, in the Big 12 where nobody can stop anybody. Um, and now, yeah, he's, he's supposed to come out and out-coach the – uh, Bill Belichick's and uh, what's his name? Uh, drawing a blank on the Vikings coach all of a sudden. Uh, Sean Payton's and all these guys. So uh, yeah, don't see it. And and I think it's especially funny that he went to one of the worst offensive teams in the league last year. So I think I think that's where a lot of these model guys are kind of getting really worked up is because the Cardinals are going to, they are going to from a fantasy standpoint and and an output standpoint, like a pure numbers standpoint, they're going to do a total 180 and their pace is going to go up. Their plays run is going to go up, which in turn is going to increase things like targets and carries, which drive the fantasy industry and get all these guys excited. I I don't think it's going to drive success on the field though. Their O line is still horrific too. It's, awful yeah i mean what happens if murray gets hurt which is a distinct possibility behind this bunch yeah something brett hunley coming (laughs) in so uh just that's that's a 2 and 14 season waiting to happen yeah so give me the under on five wins at plus 110 dp who you going under on 
Originally, I was going to go under on your Rams there, buddy, but uh, wow. the price isn't too good uh, here at Westgate. It's minus 140. I just think that those teams that make it to the Super Bowl but don't win um, just have a tendency to just kind of fall off a little bit. I mean, not that the Rams won't be good, but I mean, 10 and a half is high. So I can see them getting to nine wins, 10 wins, uh, squeaking into the playoffs and going from there. Um, and I'm also just not sold on Jared Goff. But anyway, looking elsewhere. Um, Rich, you brought this team up earlier. This is the team that I was high on last year, but on the other side, I was on their over. Now I'm going to go on their under. The Chicago Bears, I mean, I just feel like this. Swallowing all the juice. How much juice is there on this? Minus 110. Oh, wow. I thought it was more. I'm seeing seeing minus 155. Yeah. So nice. I got to be on a different number. I have under nine. Okay, yeah, this is nine and a half on uh, Pinnacle. Wait, so he's so, okay. Yeah, so it's harder to get under nine, but I think it's yeah, still it's worth it. Different. This is this is still very much a candidate to disappoint this year. Yeah, I mean they they listen they they impressed the hell out of everyone last year. I mean myself included. Even though I was on the over, I think their number was six last year, or it might have been six and a half. But you know, to come out and play as well as they did, that defense just showed out. Looked like the old Chicago Bears defense. You know, right after they got Mac, it was just craziness. Um, they, they did all right on offense. You know that they certainly got by. I mean, it was mostly the defense, but the offense did all right. But speaking of that offense, I mean, Mitch Trubisky. Let's come on, guys. I mean, I know, like I joke that he's all right with you guys all the time, but he's also kind of a disaster a lot of the times. Um, so I feel like another year of tape uh, for a lot of other teams that are playing against them is just gonna, you know, it makes a quarterback like Mitch Trubisky is just not gonna perform well overall. Um, I don't like a lot of their weapons around him. So, you know, even if he's a slightly above average quarterback, I mean, what's what's he got going on? I mean, Anthony Miller is supposed to be that next guy wide receiver, but he's like he's got some injuries. He, he showed a little bit, but he didn't show out completely. So it's like, what's going on there? They still got Allen Robinson, but it's like, what is Allen Robinson at the end of the day? Like, so. I'm just not sold on this team. I think we see a bit of regression here. Um, you know, looking at uh, seven and nine, eight and eight, somewhere in that realm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they got a tough division um, around them, so you know that's not going to be easy to play a bunch of those teams twice uh, throughout the year. So yeah, I'm just going to take the Bears under minus one ten. DP, I'm proud of you, kiddo. This this is sharp betting. This is seeing a side, liking it making money off of it, and then as soon as you get the opportunity, fading that same exact I mean, listen, our reach is so great that I just I pumped them up all year to get this this number three games higher for this year so I can just bet the under. I'm just going to do this, rinse and repeat every year. Has to be the sharpest. I mean, I thought Mo, Mo, Mo said something earlier, but now DP is just out-sharping you right now, Mo. This is great. This is, Mo, I feel like this is DP all grown up. Yeah, it's good that he's ready to sell on the Bears, I think. Um, well, we lost the disciple, so I figured he needed a new one <laughs> to come right. in and learn from him, learn his ways. There you go. You're, the disciple passed it on to Mo. And, or and no, I took Mo, the narrative, though. Mo, Mo, yeah, exactly. Legend. I mean, but look, they got to play, the, play the Vikings twice. That's not easy. Mike Zimmer's a really good coach, and that's a pretty decent team. Uh, they got to play the Packers twice, and we already talked about how we love them so much. And then, I mean, they can split with the Lions. What's, I mean, that's not... That's not exactly just an auto win twice. I mean, yeah, they can probably win at home, but then they got to go to Detroit, and Detroit has a you know a decent offense and can put up some points. So I can see them splitting there. So, you know, that's that's a bunch of losses right there that I just see this one going under. Excellent. 
Excellent, excellent. Mo, let's get negative. Who's going under? Well, Donnie brought them up earlier, and he was thinking about the other side, but I like under 7.5 on the Panthers. It's plus 135. Um, This team does not look good at all to me. Uh, They... They I look at these wide receivers. I mean, that's just like what what are they gonna do on offense? They have no weapons. They're gonna give it to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Get that's out of the way. what they have. Why are you they hating on DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel? I'm not I'm not here for Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore hate. I Dude, mean Curtis Samuels has to be the most hyped player in the universe coming into this season. The depth charts I'm looking at already have Curtis Samuel as a backup to something Jarius Wright. Impossible. So, Literally impossible. Um, DJ Moore, I just like, did he do anything last year? Not really. Um, their O-line looks mediocre. Cam Newton, I think, sorry, Rich, he might be really on the decline here. Um, you look at this guy, and you look at the way he plays the game, and it is not hard to see him slipping a little faster than the guy takes a lot of hits he takes a lot of damage last year he was the 23rd ranked qb by dvoa behind luminaries his shoulder his shoulder was shredded of course he was terrible last year n mullins he had no arm jay flacco his ligaments were hanging from his shoulder (laughs) something mullins (laughs) What if what if he's just not the same though? That's my whole point. Is well, like he's taken he, all this damage and injuries. Like, why is he just gonna come back and be one hundred percent? Well, he's been I shredding. It. He's been shredding in preseason. Like he has an arm oh again. My God, his arm is his this year? his arm is surgically repaired. That's the difference. Your veteran looks good in preseason. Um, yeah, and then you just look at their uh, <clears throat> their schedule. It's tough. It's 22nd ranked um, strength of schedule in terms of uh, like 22nd weakest, so 10th toughest or whatever. Uh, Yeah, awful, awful secondary too. I mean, really bad secondary. Just looking at this, I mean, James Bradbury, it's just a disaster. Eric Reed, And yeah, division, not one of the cakewalks out there i i like under seven and a half on the panthers with really nice price here at plus 135 well i'm gonna skip to the next section i like the panthers to win the south at plus 610 why can't this team be good they have a bad qb a bad coach and mediocre talent so good luck (laughs) just bet the under on the wins and and the to win the division that's the hedge that's the hedge See, I was thinking the Panthers over, and then the price scared me away. And then while Mo was talking, I just read what Ron Rivera just said about Christian McCaffrey, and now I'm like totally out. I'm with Mo. Well, what's he wrong? Said, he said that he, they don't want to take away his touches, yeah, McCaffrey. He, he didn't leave the but, field last year. He plays okay. 90% of the snaps. He's a beast. But they want to take away the excess plays. They want to have him run the same amount. They want to give him the same amount of touches, but have him run less plays. And to me, that's that's just tipping your hand. Because then the percentage-wise, you know, you know that there's a higher likelihood that when McCaffrey's out there, he's going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing with McCaffrey is like you don't know if he's going to get the ball. You don't know if he's not going to get the ball. You don't know if he's going to pass, if he's going to run, like that whole thing. So I feel like if you start limiting the fact that he's out there and then you're giving him the ball like 
a higher percentage of the time that he is out there, it just makes you much easier to defend, which is totally Ron Rivera because that guy is a total idiot. My, my whole my whole thing is that the the value in this future is affected by the Cam Newton that we saw last year. And I'm telling you guys, the, the dude did not have a right shoulder last year. It's like a non year i think he's going to return to being much much better yeah much like the old cam not last year's cam before that yeah have fun throwing to jarius right dude curtis samuel and dj Moore can ball i don't i don't know like well, you can't touch the receivers anyway what the who the hell even cares yeah they've they've i like how they've completely reverted they they their previous plan was to get six foot five idiots and throw seam routes to them and hope that they box out. And now they got little short guys that can get some yak, including the aforementioned McCaffrey. I like this offense. I like their uh, the way they approach playing offense. And I think Cam actually has a right shoulder this year. Uh, you realize that the other type of receiver actually fits better with Cam because he's inaccurate as hell. Not if they have... Like, you need a guy can go get the ball with Cam because he's not going to throw accurate slants and crosses. Well, we're we're talking about short passes here. Even Cam, who you're correct, has historically a low completion percentage. I mean, he can throw the the Brady throws, right? Like anybody can throw the 3-yard cross. But that's something anybody can accomplish. He did qu- he did just fine targeting Christian McCaffrey last year. Even with Corey Smith is on the 2 deep. And if it's not the, I'm going to stay in this division. If it's not the Panthers, I like the Falcons at plus 324. That offense is still a wagon. Uh, There was no team depleted by injury more, especially on defense, than the Falcons were last year. Uh, And moreover, I'm just going to continue fading stubbornly the Saints until Drew Brees falls off the cliff. He looked like he fell off a cliff at the end of last year, specifically in the playoffs, while everybody was complaining about the non-pass interference call, Drew Brees failed to win the game on the next possession and then failed to win the game in overtime despite getting the ball first at home, throwing one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. So if it's not the Panthers at plus 610, I like the Falcons at plus 320. Mo, give us a division winner. Not exciting, but... Not that much appeal to me, so I'm going to take the Eagles at even money. Um, I looked, at, I looked are, at this. I definitely looked at this. That division's so bad. So bad. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a two-team race. They're close with the Cowboys. So, like, you look at one of these two teams is very, very likely to win. Um, and there's just some very massive differences. Like, okay, talent-wise, I think both of these teams are relatively, like, close together as reflected by the numbers but then you look at the coaching staffs i mean you've got doug peterson who is one of the most woke coaches there is and then you have that ginger garrett who's just yeah we know what he's done in the past and then um just some little things like not having zeke for a few games possibly you know one of the few running backs who i believe actually makes a pretty big difference um and the Eagles, I just have such to me not that much downside. They're just they have so much depth. There's talent all over, especially up front, man. They on both sides of the ball just have so much up front, and that's where teams you see repeatedly teams get wrecked by injuries up front. It can just ruin team seasons. Um, like for example, the 
Washington racial slurs last year, just shredded up front, just starting four backups on the O-line. I mean, the Eagles can withstand that type of stuff better than uh, other teams, I feel like. So uh, I'm going to take the Eagles here, knowing that they probably only have one team to beat um, to pay out. Might not be exciting, but I think there might be a little value there. I thought I was crazy liking the Eagles at even money. And then I said, let me look at the AFC East. And the Patriots are minus 600 to win the AFC East. Let's do some analysis here. Aren't the Giants and racial slurs just the Bills and the Dolphins with better branding? Yeah, these teams are drawing bad. Those teams are so bad. And the and the Redskins are about to trade away their, their left tackle who's made the Pro Bowl like every year in history. Trent Williams, because he's mad at the coaching staff for like not correctly diagnosing like a tumor or something. So he's like holding out. So they're going to lose him. I, th- that whole team is a disaster. So it comes down to the Cowboys, who we know are overvalued no matter what. Now, they were good last year, and definitely the arrival of Amari Cooper helped that offense a ton. Made Dak Prescott look like an NFL quarterback when at times he looks like he doesn't belong in the league. But even if we say that there's twice as good a chance that some other team wins the division, then if we were treating it like the AFC East, the Eagles would still be like minus 300, but they're even money. So I, I think this is a great bet. I really do. I, I, I was afraid of getting ridiculed and the even money just it, on a future like this, it makes me queasy. But I mean, we've seen the, if anybody can even overcome injuries at the most important position, quarterback, the Eagles have shown that they can do that. So, yeah, this is this is a great bet. The uh, the division is horrible, and the Eagles are one of the sharpest organizations in the league. Love this. Bet. I need I need to know how to fade the Cowboys after Week Three because they open with the Giants, then the Redskins, then the Dolphins. Well, there's there's going to be updated. Futures probably, and then, and then they have the Saints, the Packers, the Jets. What's which the is, What's the new book? The Jets, and and then they play the Eagles. What's the That's is, sharp. I like it. Isn't there a new book in town that uh lets Cir- you Circus Sports, baby? Yeah, it lets you. I'll have, to, I'll have to check these out. I mean, they always, they obviously always update the divisions, so it'll be interesting to see, like you know, if the Eagles get off to a slower start, and and the Cowboys are three and zero with that horrific schedule to start the year and they're just like looking great because they're playing these three horrible teams i mean the dolphins so they're not even going to field an actual nfl team what is this <laughs> you couldn't put an nfl roster together if you combine the giants redskins and dolphins into one team <laughs> uh, all right dp give us a division winner so I also looked at the Eagles, but here at Westgate, I was looking there minus 125. So I didn't like that price too much. Um, I much like uh, you guys, if you can get even money there. Um, so what I was looking at was the Green Bay Packers at plus 200. So in that division, you have the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings are all plus 200. And then the Lions are like plus 900 or whatever. Um I, I just really like the, the spot that the Packers are in here. Um, the Vikings just for whatever reason, always seem to underperform. I'm not a believer in Kirk Cousins. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, every year goes by that defense gets a little bit older. I know Mike Zimmer's good, but I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent in that division that I think can give him a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble. And I'm just, as we talked about earlier, I'm high on the Packers. So I like them at plus, uh, plus 200. And then I also like the Seahawks at plus 350. Um, I mean, I talked about how I'm a little bit lower than riches on these Rams. Um, and I just think that, uh, 
that the combination of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is about as good as you can get in the NFL. And for whatever reason, they're always there, you know, and I feel like they just, they find talent. And if they don't, if they don't have like big name talent, they cultivate talent. And that was the big thing with Pete Carroll. I mean, he took a bunch of guys and made him into the Legion of Boom. And, you know, he seemingly does very well with that defense every single year. I think that they're going to be all right on offense. Um, you know, Russ is always a pretty good quarterback that can get it done. Um, I like Pete Carroll, as I mentioned. So, yeah, plus 350 there. I like that as well. Yeah, great coaching matters. You know, that that's why I continue to believe in the Rams, despite the high win total and some of the losses on that offensive line. Don't hate the... I don't hate the Seahawks bet because if the Rams do come back to earth and that division does become competitive... I mean, it's not going to be the Niners or the or the Cardinals, in my estimation. My big thing with the Rams is is golf. Like, uh, you know, if I'm comparing Pete Carroll to Sean McVay, I'll give the nod to McVay. But then, if I'm comparing Russell Wilson to Jared Goff, I'm giving much of the nod to Russell Wilson. Sure. I mean, I, I just feel like as I mean, golf can certainly be all right as long as McVay is he's you know he's McVay's puppet the whole time. But if he for whatever reason falls off McVay's hand, then it's just gonna it can go completely sideways. I mean, he's, he's won 20-plus games over two seasons, you know, being an average quarterback. So I, I, it, I don't think it's going to stop them now that Jared Goff isn't very good. They've, they've learned— We're calling McVay a great coach again? Yeah, he's a great coach. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> I think this will be the year, though. Like, this is kind of the determining year for me. Um, I thought he was good, you know— Took a little bit of a regression just like in that Super Bowl, I feel like was just a huge eye opener for me. Um, just the fact that he just didn't adjust and was like so well again, we're comparing we're in comparing him to Belichick, right? Like I don't care. He got embarrassed. It's not like he got I mean, yeah, he got Belichick hit a fadeaway jumper to he got dunked on. By the, the greatest worst, ever. The worst part was that he didn't – it's not like he adjusted and the adjustments didn't work. He literally just didn't adjust. Like, wh- dude, what are you doing? At least try something. Yeah, he did just go full steam ahead. All right, let's round this off with some conference winners. DP, lead us off. Packers, Seahawks, Falcons. Packers plus 650, Seahawks plus 1,500, Falcons plus 2,000. If that Falcons team can get rolling and if that defense can be – pretty good i mean they have a lot of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and they're fast i mean if they can get going that plus 2000 i like that i like it a lot run don't walk to get falcons plus 2000 because they're 14 18 on pinnacle and they were my favorite uh always looking for a bit of a long shot all the others are single digits but i like that plus 1400 i mean again it's an elite offense that wagon can get rolling again if they they stay healthy they could definitely. I mean, we saw them in the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. So yeah, and they, you know, they got past that that Super Bowl hangover of that horrific loss that they had. So they should be kind of you know have their confidence back and all that sort of stuff. And then yeah, like you said, this offense, man, they can just they don't. Who cares about the defense? They just outscore everyone. And and the defense should be good. That's that's the thing is they were a very good defense, and then just everybody got hurt last year. Mo, give us an NFC winner. Well, I was looking at the Falcons also. I don't have that much to add. I don't love a lot of these lines. Um, just to add to what you guys were saying, though, uh, and maybe fire a little devil's advocate, though, I don't, I, up front, they're pretty poor I on defense. It looks really, really bad there for me, um, the, the, the defensive line. Eesh, it's it's <laughs> ugly. Um, 
But I mean, to your point, look, you know, at, look at some of the like we're we're looking at Pinnacle. Falcons are plus fourteen hundred. Niners are plus eighteen hundred. Like, but yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. Like, what are we doing? If you, here? You get, if you can get twenty to one, I mean, and and the sharpest book out there arguably is hanging fourteen. I think definitely grab them when you're in Vegas. Um, just to piggyback a little bit off of what you guys were saying though, and just maybe to add something that might have a little small amount of value is just um what you were saying rich about the coaching staffs it's just one of the things i've learned over the years betting betting futures is definitely to always if you if you can just don't fade the really good coaches i think that's just like a rule like literally a hard and fast rule not even a rule of thumb if if you think a coach is good do not bet they're under because i've tried that a few times and it just never works out like i think that's where most of the value is honestly in this type of thing is like coaches systems um because all of the prices are usually based on the talent of the teams so you know, they're pretty accurately pricing in the team's talent. So, I mean, just look at no further than the Patriots. I mean, they've gone their win total over more than any other team over the years. And everybody knows that they're going to be a solid team. And everybody knows where they're sitting talent-wise relative to these other teams. And it's still, they keep going over because their coaches, coaching staff is just that far ahead of everybody else. And that's why... Um, when I'm looking at something like, okay, Eagles and Cowboys are very close to each other in these markets or relatively close. Well, one team has a coaching staff with a clue. One team really doesn't. So the other team has um, a, a Sears mannequin that claps on the sideline. Yeah. So just, you know, just something to always think about, like before you get too uh, excited, firing an under maybe uh, with a team what does, that you what does think Pinnacle is have bad. Vikings at. The Minnesota Vikings are plus eleven thirty-seven to reach the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, it's twelve hundred at Westgate. I was just curious if that differentiated a lot. Yeah, so right on the nose. Which again, not loving plus eleven hundred for the Vikings. Cowboys. What are the Cowboys there? Plus twelve hundred. Okay, plus a thousand here, which is just Cowboys plus a thousand or Falcons plus two thousand. Just get, <laughs> get the Cowboys out of my face. I think we should end Mo an excellent uh, soliloquy there on why coaches matter, and it, it it I guess it subconsciously may have played a role. That's why I I like fading the Cardinals, these first time coaches, you know, and and the Rams as well. I know it's ten and a half, but like you said, the the only thing that remains consistent are these coaching staffs that know what they're doing. And I, like you, will believe in them. And we'll see this carry over into the season when we start making our Super Contest card. Follow these guys on Twitter at Mo Nuwara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, and at Donnie underscore Peters. Give the disciple a follow as well, at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N. He will join us when the season gets underway. Enjoy the Hall of Fame game tonight. The truck drivers that will be playing the uh, the critical minutes in the contest and get pumped because football season is right around the corner. We'll chat again next week. Until then, peace. Oh.